Welcome to 10,000 Things Theater Community Podcast. My name is Megan Kreidler, and I will be your host. In this episode, I touch base with Kelly Foster Warder, a Twin Cities-based choreographer and director of education and producing associate at the Ordway Center for the Performing Arts. The Ordway recently had to lay off 90% of their staff due to the COVID-19 crisis. As part of the 10% who has retained their role at the large arts organization, my conversation with Kelly begins with where she's at. Well, personally, uh, I have kids of various ages in my house and, yeah. <laughs> and a dog and a husband who's working from here. And um, I'm mostly thankful because everyone's healthy and we have space to breathe um, and we have computers and access to keep working and um, so far both of both my husband and I still have our jobs we both work in the sort of big events business so different Mm -hmm. different aspects of it but um, you know I think I'm like everybody in that we're a little bit tired and a little bit um, thankful and trying to find uh a lot of grace and grateful. That's that's where I'm living. So every day is different. Something that we did before, um, right away when this started happening before the layoffs, um, I think all organizations are like this, but I really was thinking about the artists that were counting on the paychecks, even though they were small, that were going to come from my department. Um, we, we employ a lot of teaching artists. And so we were able to pivot really quickly um, we provide residencies and support for teachers, and we wanted to make sure we could still do that. And I could still get a couple dollars in the pockets of those artists that were planning to pay their rent with what we were going to pay them. So by doing our these online lessons, it's been, uh, we've learned a lot, but it's been fun to stay connected to the artists, keep us all purpose together, and really um, listen to our teachers and provide stuff. So we hope that students are still able to have arts education because um, it's not an accessory, right? Arts education isn't like, should not be thought of as something that we do if we can, but it's really essential to to their humanity and it helps students be better in all of their learning. And so we wanna make sure we help teachers keep it going. So that's something I'm thankful for. And that's really kept me purposed actually. My next question kind of, piggybacking on this whole virtual world that we've now entered into. Do you see the world of theater changing? I mean, this is kind of a leading question a little bit, but how, how do you see us coming back to what we did before? Or do you even think that's possible in the current state that we're in? I know many people are having this convo. I'm a little bit torn because I think it's so great to see people keeping arts alive and keeping themselves engaged through these performances and by making um, making productions available. And then at the same time, I don't want to lose what's special about live theater and live performance is that it only happens once with those people in that moment, right? That whole mm-hmm. that whole thing about when people are in the theater together, their heartbeats get aligned, right? And so mm-hmm. I don't think, as much as I love movies and I love TV and 
And I'm actually having a great time, you know, making online lessons and finding ways to connect with people that way. And I love watching Hamilton in their living room, right? Like that's mm-hmm. all that great. But I just, I don't want to lose what's, what's special about connecting. I think there's a, there's a danger with um, technology <laughs> that uh, we forget how important it is to just be in the same room together and experiencing something live. You know, I'm worried about the state of the world in general and, and, and people um, just, just how do we, how do we trust each other and how do we trust our leaders? And, and I just really believe that art is so, such a huge part of that. So when I think about getting out of here, I think about that. How do we, how do we prioritize um, each other and how do we prioritize the greater good and how do we, how do we have those conversations honestly and um, lovingly? But I know, mm-hmm. you know, we were supposed to do, I was supposed to choreograph Annie at Children's mm. Theater. And, uh, we're, you know, we're postponed. But I can't wait to get those girls who, who worked so hard to get those roles mm-hmm. back in the room and just think of the passion and how much more it's going to mean to everyone and how much more, yeah. how much more precious it all is. Terrence McNally, the playwright, um, who I had the mm-hmm. pleasure of knowing and getting to work with a bit, and he um, has uh, many wonderful quotes about about the arts and how it it shows our humanity and and gives us um, reasons to live and and reminds us who we are. And so, without without the arts, um, some of the arts being alive right now, I I just I worry about our soul. And so, how do we keep that? How do we keep that going? I think the soul of our country and our world is at stake right now. And yeah, and I know the arts has a voice in that. So my last question to you, and if you need to think about it, that's okay. But is there a specific story or moment or something that's happened with you and your kids or your husband or your dog even that that has given you that little spark of hope? There are a few things. One thing that has been special as a mom is when would I ever have so much time with my two teenage kids? My daughter takes dance and she's at the studio as much as she can possibly be. She loves it. But but now mm-hmm. she's here. And so we're learning a, a really hard tap combo together. That's way too hard. And but we went, I went to Home Depot, we bought a board for 20 bucks and we put on our tap shoes and we're, we're in there trying to learn this combination. And she got really mad and she, and she got really frustrated. Uh, And I've been a teacher and a coach forever. And so I step out of mom mode and I'm like, we don't give up. Let's go. Let's, you know, and I'm, and I, and, and she was so frustrated with me and, and, and I was frustrated with her. And it was this moment of like, neither of us could believe the other one was responding in such a way. Right. Like, um, and I was yeah. for sure. Right. Let's just be clear about that. But, <laughs> but the feelings are real and how, and 
And we got through that and she tried it one more time, which is what I wanted her to do. What was interesting is later that night we were watching old videos and my husband found an old video when she was, she's 14 and she was like nine and it's me teaching her Mm -hmm. a tap combination in our kitchen. And, and on the video, she was like, this is hard. (laughs) And I was (laughs) like, but you got this. And then she kept going and she did it. And it was one of those moments where we saw each other, right? I saw that I saw that I, I, I don't have to push so hard and I can find other ways, right. To help, to help her. Mm -hmm. And like, if she needs to just be done sometimes that's okay. And I think she saw that when she sticks to it and trusts me and does do it that one more time, she'll get it. And so that wouldn't have happened without these moments together. My, my son, Will, um, who's the almost 13 year old, uh, Mm-hmm. He has cerebral palsy. I think you know that he has cerebral palsy and, and he's, um, yes. uh, he has a mixed version of it. So he can walk and he can run and he does adaptive track and field and he can do amazing things and he's take drum lessons, which is a whole different skill because cerebral palsy is about your, um, your brain and your muscles not communicating. There's a miss. So everything uh. that he Everything that he does physically, he learned how to do, if that makes sense. So, you know, yeah. as the baby, he was, he, they called him, they would call it a floppy baby. Like he didn't learn to sit up until we taught, like he went to therapy and we taught him to sit up and, and oh, he's awesome. Wow. And he's an overcomer. This kid can do, you know, he's, he's, um, I'm so proud of him. And also it's really hard. And so he was, he was getting really excited about the drums, but you can imagine doing your feet and your arms and your hands at the same time is challenging for all of us. <laughs> and especially yes. when you have cerebral palsy and his, and the way that he has it. And so uh, one day he was trying this drum beat and he couldn't get it. And he got really frustrated and he says, why do I have to have, you know, cerebral palsy and why, you know, he went into that mode of why does this exist, which um, we've been dealing with, you know, his whole life and he always will. And, and I felt like it was time to say, that that's something well, that's always there. So what's next, right? Yeah, and what, yeah. he, what he shared was he had a really scary moment in that he, his arm stiffened up and his brain was telling him to do something. His arm, it, he said it felt like a magnet and he couldn't move. And he was so afraid wow. and so scared. And, and that, it hasn't, that hasn't happened before. And we were able to sit. I mean, we spent hours together that day talking and thinking about it and 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 crying a little bit and then making a plan and um you know we have a good plan we're going to call his physical therapist and get some exercises and we're going to give ourselves a break and we're gonna you know and we're gonna get back on the horse right that's our that's our thing yeah what's cool is because it's it's not something he has to do playing the drums right it's a way to express himself he gets out frustrations he he feels cool, you know, like there it has all these things that the yeah. arts can do for you. And I was worried that this was going to be the end of the drumming because it was real, it was very scary for him. And then, the, and yeah. then later that night I heard him on the drums and he came upstairs and he said, he said, I tried it again. And I said, did you get it? And he said, I did not get it, but I, he's like, but <laughs> I tried it again. And I'm like, okay. And wow. that's happening because we have time, you know? Yeah. So, 
and we can be That's together awesome. and because because the arts give us something else to think about and another way to process where we're at and, and who we are. And so I'm thankful. Again, that was Kelly Foster Warder. Thank you so much for tuning in to 10,000 Things Theater Community Podcast. We hope you'll continue to join us as we collect stories from people in our community during this time. Thank you.